Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. No, like, my body has run through the gamut of emotions today, and I'm like... <sighs> the limbo of your emotions. The limbo of my emotions, though. <laughs> Look for our new album coming yeah. out this fall called Limbo of My Emotions. Yeah, it's really... Because that's how I felt today. Yeah, it's it's a fucking heavy episode, so... It is a heavy episode, and, and getting prepped for it, and then just, like, nothing working out the way it should have for me today, I'm like... <sighs> Take a deep breath. Through two one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering is... me? Thank you, Carl Winslow. Thanks, Carl Winslow. Yeah. No. Words sorry. of a wise man. Yeah. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And, Host... wa- and wise words from Carl Winslow. <laughs> and wise words from Carl Winslow. Yes. We're hosted by your two drunk, foul-mouthed babes. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And this week we are bringing you guys something special, something a little different. Because we haven't done one of these in a long time. Yeah, we haven't done a countdown in a long ass I mean, time. is it a countdown? I consider it more of a playlist. I'm calling it a countdown because I remember back in like the 90s, early 2000s and oh shit, my God. our favorite uh, musicians would take over MTV for a day and That's play their right. favorite videos. And I always wanted to do that. So this is my version of Whereas that. I'm like, I mean, these aren't in any particular order. <laughs> these are just the songs that I like. And like, I don't know how to do this. Mine are 100% in a in a specific order. Well, you did a concept album. I, I did. And I did more of like a themed album. And there's there a difference. Go. Yes. But we mixed them all together. So yeah. That's fine. So it's like a big old hodgepodge. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this week we are doing a playlist episode, and Yay. we haven't done one in a while. And boy, do we need one. But yeah. also, we need one, but we're not doing the right one <laughs> Like well, for no. the end of the month. Like, we're doing mm. the right one, but also this is not helping us be happier. It's, helping, it's just discussing more 
mental health issues, which is important. Well, I mean, okay, so today we are going to get pretty candid and open up about our personal lives. And yeah, we have a podcast, so we do that kind of already. You guys already see into the caverns of our dinosaur brains. But it's still pretty shallow considering... It's yeah. still yeah. it's still some shallow exploration. It's just weird shit and really drunk and hot takes. Not that they aren't valid feelings, but they are weird. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean this time we're going to be a little bit more serious than we usually are. I mean this whole month we've been talking about other people's feelings, other people's uh mental health. Yeah. Other people's dealings with it. Yeah, yeah. So now it's more about us, which is kind of scary. Yeah, it's weird. I mean but we did this voluntarily and now we're stuck with it. So. Yeah, we did. We did. But also, too, yeah, it was just like we had a fifth week in May and we're like, let's let's do our own thing. Let's because I think we both have interesting ass, uh, perspectives of it. And very different ones, too. Yeah, very different ones. I mean, we never throw out trigger warnings because, I mean, we're a music podcast and we're foul mouthed and low filtered. So pretty much every week we're bound to say something that someone might find upsetting so i've never bothered doing a trigger warning yeah and this, this week t- is no real exception i think this is my general for the first time took me 71 episodes to be like rock candy comes with a trigger warning yeah we this- will talk about upsetting things sad things uh, angering things uh-huh. and it happens but it's life and uh you know we don't we're not trying to upset you we're just trying to Relate. Make the dick jokes and playlists of life that help us get through it all. Exactly. Yes. I think that's what this episode is all about. Yeah. We are doing a get through this playlist. Yes. We have spent the month talking about mental illness. It is a really... Mental health is a really weird topic and it's hard to it's discuss. Hard, it's hard to navigate around everything. Because you don't want to trivialize anyone's experience. Right. Because nobody's experience should be trivial, trivialized. Even and if, comparing like Wesley Willis to Daniel Johnston, 100% different experiences. Right. Right. Even though they had very similar diagnoses, like they're very, very different. And it's the same with depression and anxiety as well. I mean, one person's depression and anxiety is going to look vastly different right. from the next. And one person's bipolar disorder is going to mm-hmm. look vastly different. And one person's um, treatment is vastly different than somebody else's. So are you telling me that people are complicated? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> huh. How about them? How about them apples? How about hmm? them apples? All right. But yeah, so this week we've come up with a playlist. We are talking mostly about depression and anxiety and, you know, because we always need something to get us through. We have our beer, <laughs> which may not be the best coping mechanism, but here we are. But you know what? It's ours. It's and ours. I'm fine with that. And I mean, you know what? I kind of feel like it's most millennials' coping mechanism at this point, even though I refuse to believe I am a millennial. You are. Shut up. No, I'm not. <laughs> we are. It's fine. <sighs> so this week, we got to have a little fun with our beer because it's like, well, we tried to find, I wanted to find something that was like happy and loving. Yeah. And so I got... 10 years of hugs from oh. Half Acre Beer Company. And the can is amazing. The can is really amazing. It's just like these it's weird It's just cats a fucking rainbow and, and a dinosaur. Snacks. And there's like this mecha cat over here with laser beams out mecha of his Shiva. eyes. It's mecha Shiva. Well, mecha he's not a mecha Shiva. Mecha feline. Oh, mecha feline. Yeah. That's accurate. Mecha Shiba. Oh, I see what you did yeah. there. This bitch. <laughs> this fucking this bitch fucking right here. Bitch. But yes, it is actually quite delightful. It is an imperial stout it's really good. brewed with coffee. You know how I like I've, You know what? 
this has really been the year of stouts for me. I'm really? really into stouts now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, no, no, but been... now that we're really into stouts, everybody is just fucking pushing just IPAs. St- oh, I think it's stouts. No. Yeah, I'm really kind of over IPAs. I drink them if I have to. Drink them if you got them. <laughs> and usually we also, have Also, please brew them with citrus. Yeah. Citra Dippa. I'm sorry. I like citrus in my IPAs. I'm it, not sorry. A spoonful of citrus helps the IPA go down. It does. It really does. Oh, I like that. I'm going to make a little sticker that says I put a patch. <laughs> and I've got a bunch of dude bros get mad at me for liking citrus yeah. in my IPA. Yeah, you know who said that? Drunk Mary Poppins. <laughs> and she wasn't wrong. She was not. She was not wrong. Not at all. But yeah, with uh, that, I, I guess we're getting into it. I'm going to actually start us off with some facts because not everyone's in the loop about, you know, depression and mm-hmm. what it looks like today. It has, within the past just two decades, vastly changed. Yes. It is an ever-changing view. The amount of awareness people have about it now is vastly different than it was even 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, and like more recently, people are acknowledging that it's a big problem. Yeah. Even as recently as just like the 80s and 90s, most of the time people with depression would just look like, like, oh, you're sad or they're very sensitive. And nobody really grasped that. No, there's a problem here. Yeah. There's a chemical imbalance in their brains. And also it, it wasn't okay to talk about your right. mental health issues. So if you had them, you just shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and acted like everything was fine. And even today, um, a lot they're saying a lot of suicides are done by people that, quote unquote, have never been diagnosed with depression. Yeah. But they're not saying that that's because they didn't have depression. That's because they're not going to someone to get the diagnosis. Right. To be like, yes, this person's depressed. But also, because it's still kind of taboo. But also healthcare. Oh, yeah. I'm not even going to get into it, but let me just put it out there. Healthcare. Mm. Hashtag mm. Healthcare. healthcare. Yeah. At this point in the U.S., 25 million Americans suffer from depression each year. And in 2017, there was a reported 47,173 deaths by suicide. Holy fuck. That's reported... And that's, if you think about it, because that's how I thought about it, successful suicide oh attempts. Oh my god. That's not talking about how many people even just attempted. Just because it's more widely acknowledged, though, doesn't mean that we are properly dealing with depression. Mental health is still considered on the decline, especially with the younger demographics, and even with people in their middle age. Uh, statistics about men in their middle ages committing suicide, the rates are growing at mm-hmm. this point. And people have been trying to point out the source. I mean, it could be economic distress, more pressure to succeed, social media, drug addictions, the food we're eating, or just the general... Online bullying. Online bullying, which I would toss with social media, Mm -hmm. I guess. Or just the general state that our world has been in. And I would also argue that maybe it's just that we're finally talking about it more and more people are just being comfortable talking about it. That that's why I think a lot of the rates are going up. And I I don't mean to, like, say, like... That means it's not a problem. That like it's a problem that we're finally fucking talking about, no, but not I think, dealing with. I think the awareness is definitely going up. Yeah, especially with like younger people committing suicide because of Dude. bullying and social media and shit like that. In half the states of the U.S., suicide among people aged ten and older has raised thirty percent. Yeah, ten, like twelve and thirteen year olds are, are committing suicide. That is insane to me. A girl who hasn't even gotten her period yet. Is killing herself. Right? That is insane to me. That doesn't even make sense. 
and and I'm sure that it has been happening, but it just seems like it's been happening more often because it's been getting more media coverage. Right. And, you know, just like looking through all these facts, it's makes you realize like it's really likely that the listeners, you know, you guys probably know someone with severe depression and like you might not even know it because they're hiding it and they may have even made an attempt on their own life. And it's also really possible that you're dealing with it as well and you've had experiences to share. I think at this point, I don't know of anybody that can say that they don't know anybody. Right. That has some kind of mental health issue Mm -hmm. or has attempted to commit suicide. Right. It's Maybe that's just me living in my bubble. I don't know. I mean, same though. I agree with you, but it could be my bubble as well. Right. Well, so we have decided that we're going to share our personal stories with depression and suicide and how they've affected our lives, despite how uncomfortable it makes us. <laughs> but I think you and I doing it is very interesting, and I think it's really helpful because we're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Like, my stories and your stories are just, like, a completely different view of it. Right. Because our experiences, while they are both tethered in that world, vastly different paths. Yeah. So I think that it's good to compare and contrast. I, don't <laughs> I know. think it's good to have the perspective of both sides. And, yeah. No, it is. Um, it's a good debate. Or not even debate, but just conversation. It's, not, yeah. it's a good conversation to have. Yeah. No, it is. It really is. So we made this playlist to help you get through it. And whether it's a sad song to let you work through the pain mm-hmm. or something more heartening to push you onto the other side of it. And I should take this moment to say I kind of stole this idea from the fantastic podcast called The Hilarious World of Depression. It's really good. I suggest everybody listen to at least listen to one episode. Every week they have a different comedian on and they talk about their history with depression or anxiety or mental illness and how it's affected them, how yeah. it's affected their work. And every so often they'll do a caller or listener just like, put in their songs that they listen to to get them through it. And like sometimes mm-hmm. they call and explain or their email or whatever. And it's, it's really, it's, it's nice. It's kind of, I really like those cause I like hearing how other people have coped with it. Yeah. Music's kind of how we get through things guys. I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine everybody feels that way, but maybe not, but I, I think we definitely do. I think everybody at least has that something that they turn to whenever they're in that kind of state that helps yeah. them get get through it if not get out of it then at least work through it and be functional yeah i think music helps that side of you it's definitely medicine to some aspect yeah look we are not mental health experts (laughs) not at all we're podcasters we are shouting into the void we're fucking drunk idiots like don't listen we again it's just music (laughs) and dick jokes here guys it is it really is so take everything we say with a grain of salt if you have your own ways of doing things and dealing with things i mean that's great if you're coping all we're doing here is just as boz lerman would say spouting out our own meandering experiences And we'll be getting this list now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, before we get in, I guess, um, backstory, origin stories? I don't know. Marvel's been doing a good job. Are we X-Men now? I got my Xavier's Institute letter in the mail. Did you not? No. Maybe it got lost. I think you have to have mutant powers. It's not real. You have to have mutant powers first. Well, yeah, I mean, I have those, but. Yeah, I mean, duh. (laughs) Fuck. Jesus, who doesn't? Yeah. All right, so backstory on my end is that I have had clinical depression pretty much since I was a child. 
basically were you diagnosed when you were a kid yeah when i was a kid i was diagnosed and i have memories as early as like nine or ten being depressed but not even understanding that it was depression i would cry a lot i was very on edge all the time but everyone would say like oh maggie's just very sensitive she's a sensitive kid that's all it is but that all changed when i turned 15 and tried to kill myself right and then ended up in an institution for a short stint and then they're like oh no i think something's wrong and that was 20 years ago I next think, month. Yeah. I think something's wrong. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I turned 15. Well, I didn't turn 15. But when I was 15, I made an attempt. I told somebody. They were like, ooh, yeah, no, you got to go. You got to go. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna actually have, a, like, doctors talk to you and shit. And, yeah. And so I, I worked through that. Um, but, I mean, like, for the past 20 years, like, I've had bouts of depression that have ranged from mild to severe. I committed self-harm throughout, like, my late teens, my early 20s. I developed some plans a couple times. The last one was in my early 30s, and it was a really bad one, and I really was about to go through with it and had to just ask someone to, like, tell me not to do it. And so I've I've really run the scale of just different levels of it. I'm in a good place now. Mm-hmm. Um. It has taken me a lot to get here, though. I think it takes a lot for anybody to get to that kind of place. You have to go through a lot. And usually, unfortunately, the shitty part to go through is in your 20s. When your 20s should be the best part of your life. Yeah. And granted, I'm not saying your 20s weren't the best part of your life. I think the 30s are now. (laughs) Double finger snaps, the best part of your life. life. (laughs) I mean... I, I am I am in a really good spot right now, but I a lot of that had to do with me seeing a therapist and coming to terms with just a lot of things that I hadn't acknowledged before. And something about depression that they don't tell you when you're diagnosed. Well, since if you have a good therapist, they might. But <laughs> when I was 15 and, you know, 1999, nobody knew shit about depression. They were right. like, okay, we'll oh, take these pills. Here's some Prozac. Fuck off. Pretty much. Yeah. Take some yeah. Prozac and fuck off. Yeah. And don't fucking talk to anybody about yeah. it. That's all you need to do. And um, I I wish someone had told me, they're like, this is the rest of my life. I am going to go through cycles. I am going yeah. to hit rock bottom and I'm going to come back up and I'm going to hit rock bottom. And, and back then, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, you'd Nobody, even the people that had depression, didn't understand that this is something that is kind of cyclical Yeah, in your life. It's going to come back. Yeah. And even if you're on medication, it will probably come back. Yeah. So it's very confusing when, you know, you finally realize something is mentally wrong here. I need to go see a therapist or a doctor or something. You get that medication mm-hmm. and things are great for a little while. And then all of a sudden it comes back and it's like... What the fuck is wrong with me? Right. It's right. nothing wrong with you. Well, well, I mean. And that's, but here's the thing. You know that's I mean? the hardest part is finding out what treatment works best for you. Right. I don't do medication, but that's only because for me, if medication's going to fix one thing, but fuck something else up, I'd rather right. just work with what I got. So cognitive behavioral therapy is what works for right. me. And but if you do, if you do pills, like that's great. Like what works for you is what works right. for you. So just because something like works for me, I, I would never poo poo how someone else deals with it. No. However you, whatever you need to do to get to where you want to be. But I'm, I'm, I'm at a good place right now, which is great. Yes. Who knows when I hit 39, 40, I might hit rock bottom again. I very well can, but at least I think I'm going to go into it better prepared but and more open-eyed about it. I think 
you know, you can be on medication, you can do whatever you need to do to be good. But I think a really great resource to have for when things like that happen is a good support system. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, a lot of people don't have family to do that. But having a really good um, foundation of close friends that are willing to listen or even if you don't want to talk to them, at least one or two of them, if they're really observant and feeling okay that like they can talk to you. Yeah. If you have that in your life and have somebody be like, look, we've noticed these things are happening. It's probably not a good, good thing. So maybe we should do something about it. Yeah. No, honestly. And I mean, I've been really lucky in my life to have a great support system and my family is good too. And, you know, I, I am, uh, I don't think I'd be here if I didn't have the people I have in my life. So yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. God, I'm <laughs> awkward. My experience with it is pretty different. Mm. It's at least coming from a different perspective. And I, yeah, yours is an interesting perspective for sure. Because somehow, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. The odds were not in my favor with this, but somehow um, I I don't have, as far as I know, any any sort of um, mental health issues. I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. I have bouts. Yeah. Like like everybody does. Like there's sometimes when I'm just like in that fucking mood. There's certain things that trigger like normal anxiety in me. That's about it. Right. However, there is a very pervasive string of mental health issues on both sides of my family. Yeah. So I have had many people in my family either try or successfully commit suicide. Um, let's see. My grandfather on my mom's side, he committed suicide when I was in ninth grade. That was some shit. Yeah. That that was hard to get through. Because I I remember it so clearly. It's ridiculous. My grandfather's sister, my great aunt, she called our house and wanted to come over. And we were like, that's kind of weird. She doesn't come over. She's a very standoffish lady. Right. So she she called to say she wanted to come over. Last time she did that was like a few months before that when my grandfather attempted to commit suicide. And she came over and told my mom. And then later that night. It was on the news, which is kind of weird because where I grew up, we got all of our news from New York City, even though we were two hours north mm-hmm. of New York City. So it made the news in New York City. He he mm. was in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, which is about two, yeah, maybe two and a half hours. Not close. Um, it was a big deal. That's why it made the news down there. And I remember, <laughs> I very vividly remember um, being in our living room. In the house I grew up in, and we were watching the news, and like they did the previews for the news stories that were coming up next, mm. and they were talking about a man who had locked himself in a uh, bathroom with a shotgun in Great Barrington, who was threatening to m- commit suicide, and there was this huge police presence and everything. And as soon as that aired, my mom burst into tears, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Did you not know at that point? We didn't know. <gasps> me and my sister didn't know. My mom knew, right, right. But me and my sister didn't know. And then oh, she Jesus. told us that it was my grandfather, and it was just, it was awful. Yeah, it was really, really awful. But to see, 
to see it on the other side of the person actually committing suicide Mm -hmm. and being the one affected by their suicide, you get a very different perspective of it. Yeah. And he wasn't the only one because on my dad's side, oh, oh boy. So my great uncle, Dick, he caught his wife cheating on him. Oof. Killed his two children. Oh, my God. And then killed himself. Oh, my God. So that, I think, was something that just snapped. And he just lost it. Jeez. Um, year, fast forward years later, my other great uncle, my Uncle Johnny, he committed suicide um, in his truck in his home, which was very, very sad. Um, yeah. I think he had a lot of... Feelings of abandonment and loneliness. Right. And on top of that, like, I've had a cousin who attempted to commit suicide. I had um, an uncle, my dad's brother, who attempted to commit suicide in a very brutal way. Mm. And I do remember the boyfriend of a friend in high school committing suicide. And even though I didn't know him very well... Well, you went was, to such a small school. Well, his boyfriend didn't go to our school, but... but it's, it's a small area. Right. And it was just like... A, it it was particularly painful for in that situation because the, the friend that I went to high school with, he was gay, but because we went to such a small school, he couldn't come out. Of course. Because he would be ridiculed. But when he finally kind of allowed us to see that this was a guy that he liked and then very shortly after we met him he committed suicide it was like fucking hard it was i didn't i didn't i met him once i met him once and i was like this but it's hard to watch your friend go through something like that because they had such an emotional attachment yeah and to realize he he committed suicide Mainly because he was a gay man living in a world that yeah. didn't accept him. And that's still and that's still in New York. It's not even like we're talking Alabama. Yeah, this was downstate New York. We were yeah. not very far from New York City, but we were still a small town. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. Right. No, I, I get that. Um, it was the early 2000s. It was probably yeah. like 2003, maybe. Yeah, so. it's, it was one of those things, like, just as weird as it was to hear about some, like, a teenager trying to kill themselves, it's weird to hear about somebody being gay. Right. Guys, both those things happen. Right. It's a thing. Yeah. But on top of all of this, I have a lot of friends who have attempted to commit suicide mm-hmm. or just are going through mental health issues all the time because it's something you deal with 24 7 yeah again it doesn't go away right so i don't have the personal experience but i have the experience of being the person on the outside trying to just keep my arms out and help you know oh i mean your your aspect at least for somebody like me is very important because <laughs> One of the big things that stopped me back in the when I was in my early 30s, I was living in Brooklyn with my husband and our friend, and we shared a dinky-ass apartment, mm-hmm. and I was going to do it, and I had concocted a whole plan so that they wouldn't find me, though, because I would have felt guilty if one of them found me, because for me, I do understand that aspect of, like, I don't want to bother anybody with my death, and, right. like, I don't, oh, sorry for the mess, 
you know, honestly, I would dead yeah. it. Yeah, you would totally be dead. From, yeah. From, <laughs> ah, from uh, Lords of Chaos. But, or from Mayhem. Yes, you yes. would be dead from Mayhem, yeah. who left a suicide note saying, Sorry, sorry for the mess. I would have ma- I would have yeah. apologized. I would have been very sorry about it. And we kind of laugh at that, yeah. at the whole thing. But no, I mean... Dead really was very depressed, and he oh. he had some serious mental health issues that I don't think were checked at all. No, no. and that that was the problem, you know, back yeah. then. I people mean, didn't really. And in Norway, no, yeah, no. that wasn't a thing. But I mean, that's the thing is like we have covered this a bunch of times. So many artists that we listen to and enjoy have mental health issues and they a lot of them suffer from depression mm-hmm. because it is unfortunately common it is and we a still haven't figured illness. out how to fucking deal with it yeah. i would so say that's fun considering how many people i know that have depression clinically or not even clinically it's kind of on epidemic levels. It is. I think everyone should do therapy. At least for like, do so for like a fucking month. Yeah. You you don't even know. You don't even know how good you'll feel. I wish that I was the kind of person that would feel okay going to therapy. But finding I'm... a good therapist is not easy. Finding right. a therapist you're comfortable with, who you think understands you, is not easy. And I am not the kind of person that can just go meet a person and mm-hmm. be like here's all of my garbage yeah. fix it yeah no i can't no it's not easy i can't really even do that with the closest person to my soul right in my own friend group i can't do that currently therapy is not for me also i don't have hashtag healthcare, <laughs> so not gonna happen uh but even if i did like i don't i don't think that i would be comfortable enough but also I don't think I have to right. because I don't have the same kind of problems. I kind of feel like I would be taking time away oh, from, from somebody, somebody else. else who actually oh. really needs it. I guess that's, yeah, we are definitely understaffed with therapists and social yeah. workers. You know what? Pay them more. Pay them more. Fuck it. Pay them more. Pay them more. God damn it. Give everybody health insurance. And teachers. Pay teachers Pay more. Pay teachers and social workers more. Yeah. There we go. That's it. That's that's our fucking takeaway. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around for like over half a fucking this hour. This was actually don't even all about, about paying people more for social workers and teachers. Hope you all enjoyed it. it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a good night. No, actually, we will get into music now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not even gonna apologize. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a intro in, but I but think you know it's. What? You it's fucking, it's mental health month, guys. You fucking did it, and we're trying to relate to you. <laughs> oh my god, we're trying to relate to all the fucking wonderful musicians the only difference between us and the musicians we've talked about is, is that, that i can't play an instrument well, for i was shit. gonna say i was just gonna say they all made wonderful music we made a podcast uh, yep <laughs> and it's only because i can't play an instrument and i can't really sing very good so all right well now you're a fine singer all right so we're gonna go into our music now jesus so i'm gonna start off with uh song that has been near and dear to me for a very long time and that's by paula cole and it's me oh it's you like the winter i'm a dark cold female with a golden ring of wisdom in my and it's me who is my enemy me who beats me up me who makes the monsters 
is my OG of depression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she gives you the feels. She gives me the feels real good. Mm-hmm. It, this is off of her sophomore album, This Fire. Me was released as her third single. And unfortunately, it wasn't released commercially. Therefore, it didn't do as well as her other two. And I'm sure everyone knows her other two. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Where have all the cowboys gone? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a great singer, Maggie. (laughs) We're both really good at this. (laughs) And yes, I do enjoy those two singles. However, I heard this one and it immediately spoke to me as an angsty middle schooler hearing the lines and it's me who is my enemy me mm-hmm. who beats me up spoke to my little depressed soul yep and the lyrics reflect being one way on the outside but your feelings being completely opposite on the inside which is something that i can completely relate to because my depression doesn't really present to a lot of people because i'm an extrovert yep and i also suffer a lot of like guilt so I don't want to put my shit on someone else. You are very much like, everybody needs to think everything's fine. Oh, yeah. Everything's fine. This you are the fun. dog. You are the dog sitting at the dining room table while, mean, the, like, while the room burns around him. Seriously, talk to some people. Uh, talk to my that, husband. That when is your Talk to my husband animal. when I came to him and said, so I'm going to kill myself and you need to tell me not to. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we need to have a talk. Yeah. And I'm. This is something I've been struggling with is just being a little bit more honest about my problems. Like if I'm in a depressive state saying that it's okay to tell someone I don't feel great right now yeah. and that's well, okay. That, that kind of plays into having um, at least one person who knows who can hold their hands out and be like, nope, you can fall into this. It's fine. We can figure it out. Not you, man. Not you, man. Not you, man. (laughs) I'm fine. But like, yeah, my depression doesn't really reach the surface. So, you know, it's like I I put on the smile, but like a lot of times it's like, I want to die a little bit. No, I think a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that's very common. Mm -hmm. That's the part about the song. I think a lot of people can relate to is it's just like, you know. I'm not the person who's singing. I'm the silent one inside. And it's just like, I don't laugh at people's jokes and I'm just making you feel better about yourself. But I really fucking hate everything. Mm -hmm. See, I can't do that. That's why I'd be bad at depression. (laughs) (laughs) Or would you be really good at it? I don't know. I think think Ashley's depressed. No, nobody would hang out with me ever. Oh, Um, No, because like I, I, if I'm like upset or angry or something, I wear those emotions on my sleeve. Oh, you're right. And then I'm usually like, Ashley needs a minute. Yeah. But as also, reading the comments online, someone brought up the possibility of a suicide attempt at the end where the lines are, I'm walking on the bridge, I'm over the water, and I'm scared as hell, but I know there's something better. And there's also been argument that maybe it's not that she means that there's something better as in suicide is the best option, but she's walking on the bridge, she's over the water, she's thinking about killing herself, but she knows that there's something better. It's like the bridge over troubled water, you're oh. walking over it. Yeah. I don't know what that song's about, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. I'm just making a Simon and Garfunkel reference. That was a good Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> reference, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, so bad. I love it. it was I terrible. love how bad that was. Sorry. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, like, this has just been a song that's been with me since i've been depressed honestly and it's gotten me through a lot and for me the songs i'm picking are very much like when i'm ready to climb out of the 
bullshit depressive hole that I'm in. Yeah. I need to listen to these songs because I won't get out otherwise. Yeah. The songs that I'm picking, I think I'm going to (laughs) try and take you on a little bit of a journey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about this journey because the first song you picked, I'm like, that's a sad fucking song. Yeah. Well, the first songs are ones that I would listen to when I am really not in a good place. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I'm the kind of person that feels better when I commiserate with other people. So if I'm really sad or upset or depressed or whatever, I want to hear sad, depressing, upsetting songs. That's fair. Naturally, the first song that I go to (sighs) is Three Libras by A Perfect Circle. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Cole was your OG. Yeah. This is my OG. I mean, this only came a few years later. Yeah. What was this, like, 99? 2000? Oh, I would say 2000, 2001. Okay, that's fair. I can't remember. The album this song is off of, Mare de Noms, was basically the soundtrack to my high school yeah. life for right. me. You know, still after all these years, the song still gets me. It's the line, you don't see me, mm. in that, like, bridge part. Yes. That not only conjures up visions of John Cena and Gothware pounding in the corner. <laughs> I get it. You don't see me. Oh my God. I will never be able to listen to this song the same fucking way again. You're welcome. You might have ruined it. I'm sorry. Oh. No, but at least it gives it some sort of like, you know humorous factor that makes it a little less sad i don't know continue (laughs) just sit over here and laugh but uh every time i listen to it it makes me feel that same like angsty sad Mm -hmm. feelings that i had about everything in high school yeah and but maybe now it's through like an adult vector yeah because there's say. still some shit you can be mad about. I mean, this song came out in the very early 2000s, but it it's kind of, you know, suspended in time. But I also feel like it's grown with me. Yeah. I mean, I will give uh, a perfect circle and tool credit that you can listen to it at different stages of your life and get something different. Oh, out 100%. Of if I went back and listened to Lateralis now, which I often do. Um, oh, about the Fibonacci sequence? Fuck the Fibonacci sequence. I can't even say it right. <laughs> Fibonacci sequence? Yeah, if I went back and listened to Lateralis now, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I see this in a whole new light. Yeah. But also, we're supposed to be getting a new Tool album this year. So fuck yes. Yes. I'm a little bit drunk. It's fine. You are. It's kind of delightful. It's a playlist episode. We're supposed to get real shitty. But as emotional and melancholy as this song sounds, it's actually about toxic friends. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Maynard James Keenan said he wrote it about for about nine different people in Whoa. his life. Yeah, he would, though. Yeah, right? Can we say, yeah, he would, I though. feel like he has a 
vast net of friends that he hates (laughs) yeah but all of these people are libras and somehow that translates to three libras i guess three times three times three yeah yeah yo i love me a libra though i know sucker for a fucking libra my boyfriend's libra yeah it's it's great it's a great fucking sign i don't know why i like you fuckers so much capricorns love fucking libras man so do pisces yeah so there you go i also love everyone so that doesn't help (laughs) but these people that he's talking about in this song are like parasites that see something good in others, but instead of celebrating it, they feed off their energy and suck them dry. Jesus. So they're kind of like psychic vampires. Ooh, all right. But also, this is really, this really checks for like when you're upset. Yes. I feel like your upsetness would be like you're mad at someone for being garbage. Yeah. And you know that they're fucking garbage. Yeah. And you yeah, just. This checks for you 100%. And like. You're just trying to figure out how to fucking get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. This checks for you. But what I really like about it is that we get this rare moment of vulnerability from Maynard. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that much in his songs with Tool. No. And you don't really see it now with A Perfect Circle because they've gone in this like really hard rock direction. Yeah. Which is fine. Their their music is still good. I wasn't super impressed with their last album, but that's fine. Well, and, and I think he's going for a more heavily political viewpoint. Yeah. And I don't, that's not a bad thing, um, but it's not as personal. I have opinions about Maynard and his political views, but I'm not going to talk about them here. Okay. <laughs> we'll Anyways, save those. We'll save it for another day. Yeah. But usually with with newer Perfect Circle and Tool, you get this these powerhouse vocals on a lot of their songs but three libras is quiet mm. and it has this gentle melody and it tugs at That's your heartstrings. and like there's this one part when he gets kind of quiet and he says apparently nothing yes that's a vulnerable melodic too and that's a that's a a part of maynard you don't really see yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. and i Ooh. like that i really really like that he's Ooh. so good at it he's so good at emoting in his vocals, and he doesn't do it enough, and I wish to fucking God he would. Dear so good. James Kegel's mayonnaise. <laughs> Dear James Kegel's mayonnaise. Please get emotive again. Thank you. Love Rock Candy Podcast. There you go. Send it to him. All right. Print. <laughs> so let's move on to my next pick, which I don't know how you'll feel about this, but uh, it is Flogging Molly. Oh, what? I know, I know, and it's float. <laughs> Wait for it, <laughs> you judgmental lady. Sorry. title track from their fourth studio album and this song shows a real maturity from a band that most of us save for drunken saint patrick's day antics yeah basically but not as much as dropkick murphy oh no i have quite a few steps more respect for floggy molly Look, than i do dropkick murphy's you know what here's where i'm gonna say it i unironically really like flogging molly i kind of wish i knew them better i do know the song right i do know a couple more but i don't know 
a, a plethora of Floggy Molly songs. This is actually a very... If I was going to tell you to start anywhere with Floggy Molly, I would tell you yeah. to start with Float. Because yeah. overall, they actually recorded it in Ireland, unlike their previous albums that were all recorded in the States. And they really took more... They took more of an Irish traditional sound, but they... I mean, they're still like a punk, Celtic punk kind of band. Yeah. But they but they really matured See, with float. I'm more of a um, oh Celtic metal mm, girl. More like a Celtic metal girl. Celtic punk. I'm sorry. Not sorry? I'm not sorry. I think Celtic metal is a little bit better. I, I like them both. I discovered this song when the album came out, and I was balls deep into Flogging Molly. I felt it was very inspiring as a fairly recent college graduate during the Great Recession who felt like they were failing at life. Yeah, kind of still Because it was around 2007, 2008, and I just was, like, working these jobs where I'm like, I'm barely making ends meet right now. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, they tell you go to college, do these things with your life, and you're going to make it. And I felt like a fucking failure. But since then, I've kept it in my heavy rotation of songs I listen to when I'm trying to get myself back into a good headspace. Just the chorus, don't sink the boat that you've built to keep afloat, reminds me that I've gone through a lot of shit. I've gone through a lot of struggles, but I've always managed to make it out on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've got a lifetime of experiences to stand on and seeing that I'm still here. Even if you're not, like, actively sailing to a destination, even if you're just hanging out in the ocean, that's fine. It's Just fine. Chill there for a little bit. It's don't, fine. Don't destroy like the foundation that you've built for yourself. Like yeah. I have gone through so much shit, and like when I'm in a bad place, this kind of helps me to think: you've been through bad shit before. You can do this again. It's gonna suck, and it's not gonna be a good time. But you're gonna get through it. Mm-hmm. And about the song itself. Lead singer David King said in an interview that it's actually about getting older. He said, quote, I still try to be positive about things. It's about not to knock down the things that you've built. Right now, I'm doing okay, and things are going to be better, and it hasn't always been that way. And really, that's a good, albeit basic, view of, like, when you're going through depression as well. Yeah. You're like, there is a better, I promise you there's a better side to this, and it's not easy to get through. But you will get through it. Yeah. And I guess like getting older too. Maybe that's why I can have this I view mean, with depressions because as I'm getting older, I'm seeing things through an older eye lens yeah. as well. The the great thing about music is that the person who actually wrote it has their own interpretation of it, but every single fan that listens to yeah. it can have their own interpretation of I've, it. So. I don't think I've ever seen a musician be like, it's this and that's all it means. That's I've a lie. That. I'm sure that's been there. I've seen that. I lied. For sure. But that's usually happened. they're dickbag musicians. And I'm so. like, I'm going to still take the thing I want you out of what? it. This is how I feel about it. So fuck you, Bono. <laughs> Did Bono say it or are you just saying fuck you, Bono? I'm just saying fuck you, Bono. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so is Bono your next choice? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Good. It's, my next choice is Sleeping Sickness by City and Color. City and Color. Yeah. 
Dallas Green is the name of the musician. City and color. Dallas Green. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, I get it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Wait, it's only one singer? It's only one guy. Oh, but it sounds like two guys. I'll explain. Okay. Give me a sec. I'm giving it. So <laughs> <laughs> City and Color consists solely of Dallas Green, formerly, and then not, but now currently, again, one-fifth of the Canadian post-hardcore band Alexis on Fire. Oh. Yeah. This started out as an acoustic side project for him in 2005 while he was still in Alexis on Fire. Interesting. But it quickly became much bigger than the band itself, and Alexis <laughs> on Fire basically disbanded because of Dallas's desire to focus more on city and color. Well, it's a good song. I mean, he won a shit ton of Juno awards, so they're Canadian. He's Canadian. Oh, gotta love them Juno awards, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... They're probably more relevant than the Grammys. Uh, I would say they are. Mm-hmm. I trust Canadians. <laughs> they gave a lot of them to Nickelback, though. Oh, really? Ooh, yeah. Canada. And I'm going to rescind. No, I like Alanis Morissette. I like Alanis Morissette, but I think they gave her Juno Awards back when she was like younger and doing her pop shit. Oh. Yeah. All right, Canada, I'm rescinding my trust of you. You well, must reprove your trust I'm to just, me. I'm just giving you the side eye, so. Nah, we'll it's see. rescinded. <laughs> But city- I need I need a second coming of Rush for you to earn it back. <laughs> yes. But City and Color is pretty huge now. And since then, more recently, probably in the last year, Alexis on Fire has since reformed and are touring regularly. Hmm. The great thing about Dallas's music with City and Color is the vulnerability you don't normally get to see when he's playing with Alexis on Fire. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Sickness gives you a glimpse into the deeper side of him. Clearly one that deals with depression and self-doubt and lost yeah. love and other dark themes. And the song also features Gordon Downey, oh. the late singer and guitarist for the Canadian band Tragically Hip. Oh. While this song was released in 2011, Gordon Downey was diagnosed with a uh, glioblastoma, oh. a terminal brain tumor, and he passed away in October 2017. That's actually, he was diagnosed in 2011, mm-hmm. but lived to 27. That's because once brain, like that's usually yeah. pretty quick. He did a few rounds of um, radiation oh. and chemo. Yeah. yeah, And that seemed to help, but it was, it was terminal from the diagnosis. Oh, so it, he was never going to be able to live a whole life with that. Wow. I mean, I mean, that also explains like, I mean, I'm sure he had a pretty big emotional spot in that song as well then. Yes. Um, but man, all of City and Colors albums are depressing in a sort of therapeutic kind of way. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you, I feel like in order to feel better, I have to commiserate with people and I can do that with every single Uh, one of City uh, and Colors albums, but they are also so beautiful because Dallas Green's voice, man. It's a gorgeous voice. He has a gorgeous fucking voice, and he can hit those high notes, and he does it really good. That's a panty dropping voice, actually. It's kind of a panty dropping it's voice. It's kind of a panty dropping voice. And he's also cute, and he got tattoos, and I'm all about it. All right. Swipe right. Thank you. <laughs> Swipe right on that guy. <laughs> but oh yeah, God. no, no. Like, he has a lot of raw emotions in his music, and City and Color is kind of the vessel for 
for which he presents everything. Yeah. All of his emotions and everything that he wouldn't otherwise be able to to show people. Right. And also, he's friends with Pink, and they have a little duo together. It's called You Plus Me. Oh. That I'm surprised you don't know about. You should listen to it. Is it a later Pink? I haven't yeah. been in love with her later stuff. I'm, but this is good. All right, it's 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 basically right. it's basically city in color with pink. All right, it's good. All right, I'm going. All right, bye Slight- guys. I'm gonna go check this out. <laughs> Slightly country, but it is good. All right, well I will I will check that out. Faux show. Mm-hmm. Um. So then for me for my next pick of the songs, I want the song by Ms. Mister called Painted. bit more upbeat and tempo it's dancing it's a little dancey it's got dancey aspects it's got a beat you can dance to it <laughs> it does <laughs> but it's still dealing with elements of depression namely self-loathing and self-doubt both pretty rampant when you're dealing with depression mm-hmm. i suffer heavily from imposter syndrome mm-hmm. i don't think i deserve anything i do i corroborate these facts <laughs> <laughs> But Ms. Mister are a New York-based pop duo, and this song is off their second studio album, How Does It Feel? Of this song, Lizzie Palpinger said she wrote it when she was in a dark place. They had been on the road for a couple years, and they were struggling to get back into writing, so Painted is a bit of a reflection of that. Then mm-hmm. this is a somewhat newer song. I mean, it came out like three, maybe four years ago. It was 2016, I think. Yeah. Um... And I heard it when I moved back upstate, and that was a particularly hard time for me, especially over the summer. Um, I thought I finally had everything I ever wanted, but I was still incredibly unhappy, and I'm like, what am what am I doing? Why can't I figure out what's what I need to make me happy? Because mm-hmm. I thought I needed status things to make me happy. Yeah. I was still in a shitty spot in my life where I thought status is what was going to make me happy. Uh, the line, someday I'll be stronger than my own self-doubt, really stood out because, yeah, I had all this depression, all this anxiety, and just didn't know what I was doing with my life. I wasn't working. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, granted, I still don't. I guess I decided podcasting. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Sure. Podcasting and drinking is apparently what I want to do with my life. Hey, they've helped. They have, though. <laughs> Honestly. And it opens with the line, what did you think would happen? Being repeated over and over again. And when you're in a dark place and you get consumed with self-loathing, it's really easy to berate yourself with questions like this. Oh, that's like the number one question that goes through your head is, well, what the fuck did you think would happen? You're garbage. What did you think was going to happen? You were going to fail because you're garbage. Yeah, you said this thing. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. So I I loved how it, I love how it just starts off with like, just like hammering you with like, what did you think would happen? Because that's what your brain does to you. Mm Mm-hmm. But the bridge brings it to a more uplifting place, pointing out, but if you never break, you'll never know how to put yourself back together again. And the song closes with those lyrics and the opening ones being recited back and forth 
And I think that's a super accurate portrayal of what goes through your mind when you're trying to, like, fight yourself out of a depressive state. Mm -hmm. There's that shitty part of you that's like, you're garbage, you suck, what did you think would happen, you don't deserve your happiness. And then there's that other part of you that's like, you're at rock bottom, this sucks, but you know what, keep fighting, keep climbing, keep going to find your way out of this because... You're going to come back on top and you're going to feel good about yourself again, I promise. But, like, this does suck. Right. And I think this song amazingly reflects that battle in your brain. Mm-hmm. When you know you're being, your your depression is talking to you. When you know you have that black dog on your back, or I guess, quote unquote, the dark passenger. Dexter took that for his, like, you know, the show Dexter, the book's Dexter. They took that for, like, you know, his, like, psychotic shit. But, no, I like using Dark Passenger as that voice in your head Mm -hmm. when you're depressed and it's telling you that you're garbage and you suck and you're the worst. Because, like, there are so many times when I'm, like, doing something great and I'm like, yeah! And then there's something in my head that's like, yeah, but you still suck, though. (laughs) They don't actually like you. They don't want to be around you. And I'm like, but why? And my brain's like, I don't know. I'm broken. I'm just your Dark Passenger. Exactly. I think, uh, also, it's a good uh, workout jam if you're in a depressive state and you need something to run to. That's a good song. To rage run to? Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or rage lift. I don't know. Whatever you do to rage at the gym. Rage lift. Rage lift. But anyway. Anyway. My next one is uh, Better Son Slash Daughter by Rilo Kylie. We're not assuming gender here. We do not. Sometimes when you're on, you're song speaks to me it i feel like it would speak to you on a this very deep son, level you son of a bitch <laughs> it also makes me realize god damn you are a pisces because oh. when the highs are like real high and the lows yeah. are real low yeah it's like this song is kind of an ode to anxiety and depression god damn it yeah, you should listen to this whole thing because it's basically you in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I had a friend in college who was like, um, what's that Green Day song? Uh, do you have the time? Basket case. Basket case. She was like, your basket case. <laughs> Which she's not wrong. It is. Uh, hey, at least you're not Longview. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're not the masturbation song. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Christina. She doesn't listen but for telling me I'm basket case. But now shout out to you for telling me that I'm this song. Yeah. But you're not wrong. Neither of you are wrong. Yeah. I, I feel like this song is like very, very you. At least maybe not right now, but like sometimes it's. Oh, yeah. No, I'm you. saving this. And like when I'm in a bad place, I'm going to be crying on the floor in my bedroom. You'd be like, Jenny Lewis gets me. Jenny Lewis gets me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this song is that kind of song where there are days when you just fucking can't. And when you're suffering from depression, those days are plenty. Mm hmm. You can only do so much to keep the bullshit at bay and you distract yourself with friends and everything like that. But when depression and anxiety are so present, everything seems cheap. Yeah, yeah. honestly, yeah. Now, as far as Rilo Kylie goes, they're an indie rock band from L.A. that formed in 1998 by Jenny Lewis and Blake Sennett. Mm-hmm. Both were child actors. Jenny was in movies like The Wizard, 
Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even, Foxfire and Pleasantville. <laughs> While Blake is most well known for his roles as Pinsky in Salute Your Shorts. And also, my favorite, Joey the Rat in Boy Meets World. Oh, <laughs> I forgot he was Joey the Rat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they were indie darlings for years, having been signed to Saddle Creek for their first few albums. And based in Omaha, Saddle Creek Records was famous for being the epicenter of indie rock from the 2000s with bands like Bright Eyes and Cursive. Mm -hmm. But as the story usually goes, Rilo Kiley signed to a major label, released one album, and then ended up that ended up being their last album. Oh, good. But now Jenny Lewis is a pretty prolific and well-respected singer-songwriter in yeah. her own right with a successful solo career. And this song and Rilo Kylie in general were a huge part of my college experience. Mm. And there was one week where my friends and I basically followed them from show to show. Oh. And we met them three times. They were like, guys, shows. we're sick of seeing you. No, by the third time they remembered us Aww. and Jenny Lewis gave me a hug and said my hair smelled really good and <laughs> that was like one of the best nights of my life. Aww. So, but yeah, this song fucking cuts. Yeah, right. Deep cuts on this song. But then at least you can also remember when Jenny Lewis told you that your hair smelled good. Right. So I can get real <laughs> depressed about this fucking song and then be like, but Jenny Lewis said I smell good, so. Right? And I mean like honestly, Whenever anyone tells me I smell good, I'm like, oh, thank God, because I always think God. I stink. <laughs> like, I always think that my breath is oh, bad and that my pits are spicy yep. and I can't fucking do it. Spicy pits are the worst. I've got spicy pits right now. Me too. It's, it's hot in this hot closet. Room. It's a hot closet. It's a hot box. <laughs> it's a hot box closet. Wow. But yeah, this, if you go and listen to the entire song, it's... A very relatable song, no yeah. matter how, no matter what level of depression you're at. I'm not gonna um, lie, I feel personally attacked right now. Jenny Lewis personally attacked you, and I'm gonna go song. cry about it. <laughs> but um, it's a very personal song, and I think at some level everybody can kind of relate to it because right. it's like your parents are on your back, and you feel like you're doing shit with your life. And maybe you should get your shit together, but it's really fucking difficult. Really so you're difficult. just going to put on a fake smile and pretend everything's okay. Yep. And then you're going to go back home and crawl under the blankets and have a good cry. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Because that's, that's what it. life is. That's just, that is what life is. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to bring us up a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to bring us up a little bit. I think from here it goes a little bit up. Yeah. This is the turning point in this. I mean, I think in general, I've been like trying to keep us up. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on my way up. I'm All bringing, right. I'm bringing us on a journey. All right, well, and it's, it's on the upturn. Get on the up escalator. Yeah, because I am bringing us the hours, alley in the jungle. You gonna get up? Just how are you gonna get up like alley in the jungle? Like Nelson in This song is an old standard for me. 
It's usually reserved for when I hit a limit of how much more I can feel like garbage. And I really kind of want to start feeling better. Yeah. And uh, I I get it. Sometimes you don't want to feel better. This isn't the song for that time. This is the song for when you hit that fucking wall and you're like, I just, you have two choices. I'm either going to like live in this for the rest of my fucking life or I'm going to climb out of it. Mm -hmm. And this is my, all right, I'm going to climb out of it song. The Hours is a London-based band that put out a majority of their stuff in the aughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I'm not even sure if they're still together because they haven't done anything since 2009. I hmm. think they do a lot of work with other artists. Yeah. But this single was released in 2006, and it came off their debut album, Narcissist Road. And I get it. This reads a little bit more like motivation to keep going despite the odds. Like, you're the best around. <laughs> you know, maybe if you're working on a project or just sports, it works really good for sports. Well, I kind of feel sports. like... Sports. Yeah. Sports. Um, sports ball. <laughs> Huey Lewis and the news. Sports. Sports. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like... Sleeping sickness is that way, yeah. Because the lyrics are very depressing, mm-hmm. but it has this kind of poppy melody, and at the end of the song, there's hand claps. So oh, you're, that's so it's kind of like, well, what am I supposed to feel? <laughs> right, and I mean, with this one, you have like the the biggest analogy, Ali in the Jungle. It's about Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. and it's about him beating George Horman. Mm-hmm. Like the, a lot of it is r- around that, and at the end of the song, they play the clip of like Muhammad Ali just won by a knockdown. Mm-hmm. Like they play this clips from it, so a lot of sports teams have used this sports sports. <laughs> but personally, like depression knocks me down and kind of out. Like yeah. if I'm do- like when I get home and I'm it done, is like exhausting. I cur- oh my god, do you know why I sleep so good? Do you know why I sleep so good? Because I spend an entire fucking day worrying about everything and being upset about everything. Then when I finally let my fucking head down on a pillow, I'm out and I'm out for hours because I'm done. Yeah, I'm so tired. And you know what? Look at the statistics we talked about earlier. It's easy that to feel defeated by those odds. Depression and suicide affect so many people. How can you not be like, how am I going to beat this sometimes? But I mean, honestly, who hasn't fallen into depression from a failure anyway? I come from an aspect of clinical depression, but like even you've come, like you've gotten depressed. I've known plenty of people who don't have depression who have gotten depressed. I don't know anybody who doesn't have clinical depression or something like it like it right or have at who, least experienced something who has not had a few days when they're just fucking down and out yeah you know just a yeah. few days where it's like this fucking sucks i know it's- plenty of people who say i've never suffered de- from depression but have had depressive bouts exactly yeah so this is really an every man's song to get yeah. out of depression i and feel I c- like I, c- I i'm with my playlist i'm coming kind of from that area like yeah 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 this is what i listen to when i have my down and out fucking shitty weeks yeah and i know that i'm not clinically depressed because i can get myself out of it and i don't have that deep-seated depression that people that have clinical depression do right so that's where mine is coming from and i think the song that you this song that you chose it is, kind of falls into your is category. into that category, and I agree yeah. with that too. You know, it's good to remind yourself that even in the bleakest of situations, you can still come through. You can still beat the odds. You can still win. Yep. And whether that's like from anywhere from like you didn't get this job that you really fucking needed to like 
you've been depressed for two years and it's either you kill yourself or you come out yeah. of it. This song makes me feel like I can fucking do it and I can succeed. Yeah. And maybe I don't. I've not done it a lot, but I've done it a lot too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what depression is. Depression's a weird shit. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've done that too. I've come out of that kind of scenario plenty of times in yeah. my 35 years of life. Yeah. And we're going to come out of it a lot more times. In another 35 Hopefully. years of life. Yeah. But I think that's a good segue into my next pick, yeah. which is The Feeling by Alabama Shakes. Love Alabama Shakes. See, I've been having me a real good time. And it feels so nice to know I'm going to be all right. So please don't take my So I recently started watching a show called Fleabag. Oh, I actually I watched an episode yesterday. Yay! Yay! You need to watch more. I know I will. So good. I I love that they're half hour episodes. I'm here for it. Yeah. So I heard this song at the end of the second season of Fleabag. And I fucking lost it. Oh, I, it. I can only fucking imagine. Like, I actually cried real tears. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly sad ending to the show, mm. but it was just so perfect for the scene it was in. There was also this element of like, oh, wait, is this is this show coming back? Oh, no, the show's not coming back. Wait, it's not? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> After the second, but it's 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 a British show. It's a British show. That makes so this sense. is it's not coming back. You're yeah, right, this right. is. You know what? I should have even expected to come back after one season. Yeah, no surprises. So. No surprises. We're lucky we got a second season. You're right, girl. I am grateful right, we girl. got a second season. It is such a good show. If you haven't watched it yet, fucking watch it. I don't it's even have time so to watch good. TV, and I start watching it. Yeah, and like, you need to get to the second season because I'm Andrew on it. Andrew Scott is in it. Ooh. he plays an alcoholic priest and i am fucking here for it let's do it yeah (laughs) all right but with this song we're hearing some sounds of hope yeah like oh like yeah i'm having a rough time but i'm knowing i know i'm gonna be okay yeah i'm crawling out of this shit i'm getting there and now is the time when i'm going to have some fun yeah oh yeah I feel that. Right? That's oh. what this song is. Oh, God. I'm crawling out of the shit, and I'm going to go to a bar and have a drink and have fun. Oh, God. And be with my friends. This sounds really good. Oh, God. This hits I'm too like, close I'm to home. I'm on the verge of this shedding a tear. This hits too fucking close awful. to home. Yeah. What strikes me most about Alabama Shakes is Brittany Howard's voice. Stop. She's amazing. It's perfect. I'm going to cry. Perfection. It's so distinctive. Not at all traditional, and it works so well with their contemporary blues rock feel. I want to marry her. Just this fucking song. I'd fucking marry her. I'd fucking marry her in a heartbeat. Yo, Brittany Howard, where are you? Where are you at? Brittany Howard, where you at, though? Because I would marry you. <laughs> She's a lovely lady. Oh, my and God. And that voice. Beautiful have... woman. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's wonderful to see a woman of color in the front Lead singer, yes. lead guitarist position in a blues rock band. Yes. Wonderful. She has a Where beautiful Where she fucking voice. belongs. Exactly. By the way. Because she has an amazing voice. She's a great guitar player and good for her. Yeah. Love her. Oh, my God. That that gave me life. So we're on the upswing now. Yeah. Yes, we are. 
And while while we are on the upswing, um, mine is uplifting, but also like reflective. And this is Winona Judd keeps me alive. What? Winona Judd. Winona Judd. This is my story. This is my glory. This is what keeps me alive. This is me flying. This is me trying. This is what keeps me alive. Will I be dreaming? Dreaming. Oh my God. We were talking through that whole thing and I'm like listening to it in the background and like silently crying. (laughs) But her voice. Yeah. Oh shit. Give me any fucking like old school country song that has a melancholy melody. Yeah. And a woman who can sing the shit out of it, and I'm done. I'm on the you floor. You know who can sing the shit out of it? I know a judge. Nope. <laughs> oh god! And the story of Winona Judd. <laughs> Her story is a rough one. Oh, we need to do an episode on oh, the judge. We are going to do several episodes on the judge. Yes. That is a fucking legacy episode. And I remember when we went to Nashville last oh, year, and we god. went to the. Uh, it was, and it was the Country Hall of Fame. Country Hall of and Fame. And they had a whole exhibit on the judge. Yes, and they completely they glossed over they everything. Glossed over. Oh, they, oh, 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 And oh. then they were like, but look at the sparkly outfits. And we're like, but yeah, the sparkly outfits. Because <laughs> that's, God, because we basic white bitches. Yeah, the sparkly outfits were really pretty, though. But I mean, like, this woman has definitely seen her share of bullshit and depression. Um, yeah. I think out of all the Judds... Ashley Judd has seen a shit ton. All right, both the daughters. Not... The daughters have seen a lot of shit, but I think Winona got the shortest of the shit. Oh, 100%. Right? All right. I mean, Ashley Judd has been through some shit, but she was not in the music industry. Also, she, was she managed completely... to lose weight. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I said it. Right, so bring it back. Bring That's it back. the whole thing. Bring it back. It's we thing. will do a Judd's episode, I promise. So this is off her eighth studio album, Winona and the Big Noise, which saw a plethora of guests throughout, including Allman Brothers guitarist Derek Trucks on this track specifically. Huh. That guitar uh-huh. solo, Derek Trucks. It was released in 2016, which was over 10 years since the one before. Since her last album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She okay. released one in like 2006. Three, and then she released another one in 2016. Of the entire project, she had said, quote, it's the fiber of my being. It's being in a darkness that is so dark that your soul cries out to get relief. But of where I've been and the hell I've been through and just the primal, guttural cry with which I have shed many a tear over children, death, divorce, being in the music business for 37 years as a part of my journey, I think this record is my musical coming out party where I'm just letting everything come to the surface. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Miss Judd. I love you. Right? It's a sentiment very similar to when you're on your way out through a bad bout of depression. Mm -hmm. And you can look back and see just like how much you've been through. And you can now begin to see just that little optimism that maybe you're going to make it after all. Yep. This is a recent discovery for me, though. I know it came out in 2016, but it was only a few months ago that I found this song. Mm -hmm. And it was well-timed. Because I was in the midst of a big life change, mm-hmm. and honestly, listening to it has helped me just to stop from slipping back into a really unhealthy mindset. And I know that it's so vague, 
you know, what keeps her alive? Is it singing? Is it her perseverance, her legacy? Who gives a shit? It keeps her alive. Who gives a shit and who knows? But that's what makes it so easy for the listener to apply it to their own situation Mm -hmm. and use it to inspire themselves to keep going. To keep themselves alive. Those are kind of the best songs, though, because right. you can apply it to anything that is going on in your life. Right. And it's... it helps you. Yeah. All, the whole point is that it helps you. Damn it. It's a perfect song. God damn it, Winona. Oh, damn it, Winona. Okay. So the next one that I picked is going to sound weird. It is weird. It is weird. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. Considered it. Right? Yeah. Because I want to put Bjork on here somehow. <laughs> <laughs> But hear me out after you listen to it. I will. It's Army of Me by Bjork. Okay, so hear me out. I'm hearing you. Hear me out with this one. I'm hearing you. So the reason I put this on here mm-hmm. is because this song is your get a grip song. Oh, right? you know what? You know what? If you complain once more, you'll meet an army of me. Oh my God. This is just my Ashley song. Yeah. This is me in a song. Oh my God. That's why I'm terrified Speaking of directly it. to you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'll get my shit together. It's yep. fine. I'm sorry. Here's all my shit. It's together. It's in yeah. a bag. So I mean, it's together. <laughs> I brought it to the shit museum. It's my fine. shit store. <laughs> it's like, shut up. You're not in a good place, but you have to kind of pretend to be, at okay. least for the moment. Yeah. You know, and it's the song that drops the tough love on you. And that's the attention behind the lyrics Ooh. because Bjork essentially wrote it for her brother who I guess had a really big drug problem Oh shit! at the time and like he was just fucking off. And this was her message to him to like, you need to get your shit together. You need to stop fucking around. Stop being an idiot. Stop doing shit you shouldn't be doing and just be a fucking adult. Yeah. And... Although you don't need to be that harsh right, with right, people right, right. with, um, you know, legit mental health issues. Sometimes people do need that get a grip friend who is like, OK, we're going to get, you know, everything together. We're going to pick your pick you up by your bootstraps and figure out what we can do to make you feel better. But, you know, honestly, I appreciate that better than um, I've definitely encountered people who are dismissive or apathetic and i think that's worse oh yeah 100 because that worse. makes you feel at worthless least, at more least, worthless than you already feel yeah at least if somebody was like okay we need you to be better so we need to figure out get your some, shit together so get your shit I need together you to be better right exactly at least that shows that they care enough to be like i'm gonna help you do this because yeah. even if it's for selfish reasons at least they're fucking helping. At least they realize that there's something wrong and well, they're trying and to do something. I think even selfish reasons, them wanting you to be better, makes you an important aspect of their life that needs to be good. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I kind of went back and forth on whether I should include this song or not, but th- I ultimately decided yes. Just because. I think it's really, a, first of all, it's on brand. It's on brand. It's me. It's me in song form yeah, 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 because yeah. I, yeah. 
I am that person that is like, all right, you need to fucking get your shit together because yes, we have things to do. We gotta do shit. You're right. You're right. We have right. things to do and and you need to be present for them. Okay. Um, But also I'm not that insensitive to people's right. <laughs> d- depression <laughs> issues and things like that. Like if you really can't do it, then I'm not going to be like, no, you got to fucking do it. No, I'm not hey. going to be that way. <laughs> You do it. You do it. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But I am going to be the get a grip friend that's like, okay, you are in a spot where I know you can just pick yourself up, get your shit together and fucking do it. Oh my God. And I know you're you're Morty in that episode of Rick and Morty. I am. I am Morty. Get your shit together. I am the one good moment of Morty. Yeah. Good moment of Morty. Yes. There you go. You're that you're that Morty. It's like get your shit together, put in a bag. I don't care what yeah. you do with it. Just, just so it's get together. it together. Just so it's together, and let's go. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, sometimes some people need that. Yeah, not everybody. Like, read the room. Yeah, let let's put a disclaimer on this. Read the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You cannot no. always do this, right? And I think I'm pretty good at reading the room. If someone's like bawling their fucking eyes out on their now, like not a bad time for, for Army of Me. <laughs> now is not the time for Army of Me. Now is like keep me alive. keeps me alive time yeah yeah, yeah. but like when your friend is like i just don't like they're laying in their bed like what's that from ferris bueller that one friend oh um cameron yeah like when someone's being a cameron that's the (laughs) army of me moment where you're like come on and i am the ferris bueller to your cameron yeah 100 percent. if you complain once more you'll meet an army of me yeah and uh there you go yeah i know i like it i I think that's a pretty good tough love i think you need at least one tough love song yeah. so i was only gonna pick five but then somebody came in and was like i picked six i'm like all right i guess i got another one <laughs> that was me that was you i think so you did it because like the winona dread keeps me alive was gonna be like i know this wasn't a countdown but this was my number one yeah but for like just a little bonus a little because this isn't obvious when you hear the lyrics like yeah this is obvious but i had also recently discovered this one and i really enjoy it and i know you don't but it is oh i sure don't <sighs> But it's Frank Turner. Oh. It's Frank Turner, the next storm. When the storms came in off the coast, it felt like they broke everything on us at once. It's easy enough to talk about blitz spirit when you're not holding the roof up and knee deep in it. But the pictures and the papers got ruined by the rain and we wondered if they'd ever get dry again. But I don't want to spend the whole month so you all listened to the acoustic version of this song i showed ashley the music video this is frank turner what what's the name of the song the next storm okay yeah, and you showed me the video. And the video has CM Punk in it. Okay, I the- showed Ashley the video because she fucking hates Frank Turner, which I, I don't hate understand. Frank Turner. Because I think he's lovely. But I'm I- sure he's a lovely person. I don't like his music. I know you don't. I like his music. <laughs> and um, but what I loved is just I was like, I'm gonna sh- she saw Frank Turner was on this playlist. She's I did like, Frank and I- Turner and I literally went, Oh, Frank Turner. Oh But then I was like, wait, I'm gonna cue up the music video for her. And I was like watch the video though and then like she's watching and she's like scoffing and roll her eyes and then i'm like cm punk yeah yeah 
CM Punk is in the music video for yeah, this. He is. And I knew that was how I could get Ashley to be on board with this. Literally the only way that I would listen to this entire song. You listened to the entire song. And I've listened to this entire song many a time. Oh, I assumed you would just change the channel. No. I mean, there was a point in time when we I would hear this on the radio the and there was nothing else to change it to, so I would just suffer through it. That's fair. I mean, I okay, so I like the song. Um, I do prefer the acoustic version to it. The original radio version is a little too lively for what I am going for. Uh-huh. I'm not really, when I'm trying to recoup, not really going for that lively. Yeah. I need it to be a little toned down. Um, I mean, the, the original, the, the radio version is good, too, but I yeah, prefer. Yeah, it's, it's pretty poppy. It's quite poppy. Quite poppy. <laughs> well, this song is the first single off a sixth studio album, Positive Songs for Negative People, and is laden with metaphors for depression. That's why it's a bonus. Like, it's obviously a song for somebody who's ready to, like, shake off the throes of depression uh-huh. and go out. Like, I don't want to spend my whole life indoors. Right. And, like, go outside, wait for the next storm. It's going to happen again. Yeah. But you're ready for it. And that's, I guess, too, for me, that's where I am in my life. If his previous album... Tape Deck Heart was his sad breakup album. This- oh, is it called Tape Deck Heart? Because it would be, you fucking hipster piece of shit. I like Tape Deck Heart. Sorry. I like Frank Turner. Okay. I I'm unironically- not maligning you. All right. I'm not so maligning you. I unironically like Frank Turner and Flogging Molly and Vampire Weekend. <laughs> Come for me. Well, okay. Here is why I don't like Frank Turner. Mm-hmm. It is because... Is it because he shouts a lot? It is because... <laughs> He shouts. I know all of the words at me, but I kind of like it all at once. Shout no, them at it's me. All he shouts all the words. I know all at once. Yeah, and I don't like that. <laughs> you feel it attacked. is like I feel like I am being attacked by the entire alphabet <laughs> constantly, <laughs> like heavily, and like through a machine gun. In my face all the time. That is why I don't like Frank Turner. And you know what? It's not that I don't like Frank Turner. I think he is a lovely person. And he is adorable. I'd hit it. However, however, his music I can't handle. It is too much for me. Too much all at once. Too many letters and things in my (laughs) face. And um, my doctor told me I can't have balls flying at my face. So there goes my social life. <laughs> Continue. Oh, my God. Well, I like that he shouts. I don't malign anybody else for liking Frank Turner. Like, I guess I get it. But I, well, this, I just don't like it. And this is an especially great song, I feel like, because when you're on that way out. And of the single itself, Frank does say, quote, The next storm is an image for the whole record, really. Emerging from a storm shelter to find that while the tornado destroyed the town, you and your family survived, the sun is out, and you can start rebuilding. And that's really such a great metaphor for when you get out of a depressive state. Like, maybe you lost a couple months, maybe you lost a couple years, but you're still alive, you're still here. It's kind of a good metaphor for a divorce. It is. You know, you you weathered the storm. You're coming out better. The other side is probably for the best. And and maybe you feel like you're starting from scratch again, but you can always rebuild. 
And you're still a human being. You're still here. You're still here. You're still a human being with a personality. Meanwhile. And people still like you. I'm going to go cry. <laughs> okay. All right? Okay. Why don't you talk about your song? Like, who cry? <laughs> so the, the song we're going to end on, I oh, think. Oh, God. I think is one of the best songs ever in ad- in existence. <laughs> it should go in a time capsule. It really should. Um, and I only picked it for the sole purpose of the fact that it makes me feel really good. And okay. I think that's a pretty good thing to end on. All right. But it's Kingdom by Devin Townsend. I bet it is. I need to finish. <laughs> but wait, I need to finish. That's what but Ashley like, says whenever she listens to fucking Devin Townsend. But this fucking song, though, like, anytime I listen to it, I instantly feel better just because Devin Townsend is a fucking amazing musician. He is an amazing musician. His voice alone, if he didn't even do anything else, his voice alone is amazing. Yeah. So just singing along with this song makes me feel better. No, I mean, I mean, the song feels like, oh my god, I've just like fucking ripped through the bowels of the earth and I'm back on land again and uh, now I need to fight a demon? That's depression? I yes, mean, we're drunk. We've come a long way here. Yeah. I mean, sounds Devin Townsendy, right? Yeah, I think that. that's good. I'm here for that. But I mean, you know Devin Townsend is my current obsession. Mhm. I mean, I know. I you know. Uh, of course so of course he was going to make it to this list and what better fucking song this shit is a fucking jam it is a fucking jam so this is actually a remake of devin's own song that he originally released in 2000 on the devin townsend project album physicist this version was reworked and released on his 2012 album epic cloud devin commented that the physicist version is an apology to a loved one whereas the epic cloud version is an affirmation of his love for the same person which i assume is his lady wife who he's been with for like 30 fucking years woof but i mean good for you but we'll get into that a later wink wink I personally like this version better, but yeah. his fan base is pretty divided on the issue. Oh. But fuck you, this version is better. <laughs> I think the production on this is beyond great and the in the Epic Cloud version, which is the version we just played for you. Yeah, yeah. The addition of Annika Van uh, Giersbergen. I think that's how you say her name. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Annika. Um, she is a former vocalist of The Gathering, and she is a frequent Devon collaborator. And that wall of sound production elevates the song to a level of face melting, usually unheard of. And this song makes me feel fucking amazing. Yeah. This song makes me feel like I can go out and fucking do anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, again, you just ripped through the ba- the bowels of El Diablo. Yeah. And you're like, 
and you find your loved ones who stood by you through your bullshit and you're like, stay with me. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, stay with me. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, there's a, there's yeah. a line in the song that says, no, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know Devin Townsend as well as you do. <laughs> it's it's just such a good fucking song. And, like, you can headbang to it. You can do your, like, I'm I'm gripping the balls of Satan right? hands and just rock out to this song. Yeah. And it's so, I don't know, freeing. Yeah. And I think, too, just with Devin Townsend's voice and the, just the absolute. God damn it, that voice. But, like, also, there's something about it that feels like it reaches depths that, you know, when you're, when you finally climb out of the bullshit and you're like, I'm fucking over it. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that makes me feel a lot better, actually, when I think about it. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I hope this playlist helps people out there if you're dealing with things. I know it sounds like so cliche and I know it sounds like I'm saying bullshit, but I've been there. So I'm not coming from a place of bullshit, but you do fucking matter. Um, you fucking matter. People do care about you. You might not even realize it, but they do. If you need help, you need to get help. Um, even if you're scared to get help, there are ways that we can all get help. Also, there's no shame in getting help. There really isn't. And I know that there are communities where um, mental health is not something that you talk about. Yeah. It is, by all intents and purposes, not something that exists. But but it does exist. And if you are a person of our generation or younger, then you have every right to break the rules and get the help that you need to get. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. No. You're, I don't, you're very I don't right. think there's any shame in that at all. Yeah. You know, as Devin Townsend would say, stay with me. Yeah. Stay with us. God damn it. God I damn love it. that man. I know. Um, thank you guys for listening. And honestly, um, you're loved and no matter what you think. And you matter. And you fucking matter. It's I not you, man. I promise you, you fucking matter. It's not you, man. Hey, man. Not you. It's not you. <laughs> And normally at this point we would spout all of our social medias and t- tell you to leave us reviews, whatever. Just look for Rock Candy Podcast. That. Today we want to throw out some sources in case you need help or if maybe you know somebody who needs help. But I would like to suggest uh, makeitokay.org. Uh, it's what I heard of from, again, The Hilarious World of Depression. Please listen to at least an episode of that. It's a great show. They not only have an entire se- section of resources of where to go. To get help that's split based on how you identify. And that's from like LGBT to um, African-American to veteran. Like they have all these links for different groups. That's great. But they also have a great section on how you can start the conversation with loved ones dealing with depression. So maybe you don't deal with it, but you know somebody who does. There's a great section on their website for that. Mm -hmm. So I highly suggest it. And there is also the... SAMHSA.org website, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which you can call at 1-800-273-8255. And if you don't want to talk to a person, which a lot of people don't, (laughs) I don't want to talk to a person. I feel you on that. If you just want to go to an app you can do the crisis text line and talk space, and both of those will help you. Yeah. I mean, there are so many ways that we have to look for help now that we, 
shit, if I was, when I was 15 and went to kill myself and had these, like, these options, I don't know. Maybe she would have been different. Sometimes talking to an anonymous person is so much easier than talking to somebody you know. Honestly, yeah. But if you don't really feel comfortable with that, just find the person that you trust the most and tell them something even if it's vague even if it's like just a little fucking snippet it's helpful even if you even even if it comes with a shit ton of disclaimers still it's it's better than keeping it all inside yeah i know we're just a stupid podcast (laughs) but like genuinely i hope that this can at least reach one person who might feel like there's no hope people that that are fucking fortunate enough not to have um issues like this that's why they kind of need to be like allies to people that do have these things because you can be that stability you can be that rock that the person that your friend that is going through this shit can lean on and yeah it becomes a burden after a while but it is the best kind of burden you can po- it could possibly be. Yeah. Because you are doing something so fantastic for somebody else. Something that could save their lives. Um, Yeah. Wow. All right. Jesus. Cool. <laughs> now that we're sniffly, fucking weepy messes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we knew this was going to end up this way. We knew this was going to end up this way. This is why we've been talking forever. This is a very long episode. If you guys stuck through it, thanks. Next week, we'll talk about happier things. Next week, our basements are going to be flooded, so it's fine. <laughs> so will yours. <laughs> you know what? Thank you all for listening. We love you. And with that... Make it through with this. So. We're all going to make it through this. Yeah. Party, party on. on. And um, take care of yourselves out there. Yeah. And if you need anything, call us. Honestly. I mean, maybe not call us, but like message us. But slide into our DMs. You we'll can do fine. it. Slide into our DMs. Good night, kids. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.